Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. If you've never heard of mud stomp music, you definitely want to check out Jason Robert and his band Stone Stanley. These guys have created a unique style of music that combines blues, folk rock, and rock and roll in a way that's so unique and exciting they are drawing fans from all over Southern California. Over the years, they've become extremely popular on the local music circuit and are highly regarded for their live, energetic, yet down-to-earth performances. Jason stopped by the podcast today to talk about what goes into the making of his music, his creative philosophies, and two upcoming shows at the Hilltop Tavern in Apple Valley and the Woody Stock Blues Festival in Adelanto. So, let's bring him on and get this party started. Hey there, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful this morning. Thank you. How are you doing, Luann? I'm doing great, and it's a pleasure to have you on. You have had much successes here in Southern California with your group, and I'm excited to talk about that today and how you guys have managed to make this incredible music that's really striking a chord with people. Yes, thank you. We're very humbled by it and uh, very glad to see it taken off uh, the way it has. Now, I was reading in your bio, you call this mud stomp music. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Is that a term that you coined? Yeah, that's a, a term that I coined. Um, I'm probably not the first person to ever combine those words, but uh, it seemed to be an apt description of um, sonically what our, what our sound was. Um, it's a high and dry, lonesome, high desert sound, um, almost like on a, a, a rainy summer night, if that makes any sense, where you get a weird summer rain. And uh, it's based on a backbeat. Uh, there's a lot of reverb on the drums and the vocals, which gives it kind of an older, smokier sound, kind of like what you would hear from the Etta James or Roy Orbison or Elvis Presley recordings where there's a lot of reverb. And then, of course, we like our guitars to be acoustic and very clean with no effects on them, if that makes any sense. And it creates a clear but muddy sound. And so we just, it just dawned on me, mud stop. It makes us want to stomp because each song is a, is, a, is a dancer and a rocker, a mud stomp rocker, we call them. <laughs> That's pretty clever. And, you know, a lot of indie bands have a hard time describing their music. And, you know, if you put your music on Reverb Nation or CD Baby or anywhere, it always says to describe it. And I think that can be the hardest thing for a musician to do is describe it. But you, <laughs> you've done it so beautifully. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, if, you know, any kind of artist that you are, in any kind of medium, um, it, it to to boil your artistic creativity and everything that you're trying to accomplish into a, a one sheet or a sentence or or two, 
uh, is very difficult to do. But but yeah, thank you. I feel the same way. It's uh, mud stomp music. It's very clear cut. This is what we came up with. Here's our sound. Our last album is called The Mud Stomp Tapes, which came out uh, earlier this year. And it is already nominated for LA Critic Music Awards. There's all kinds of different UK awards it's been nominated for. And I have to thank my publicist, Doug Deutsch, of course, um, for a lot of his efforts. And there's something to be said about that mud stomp sound that people are gravitating right now uh, across the nation and probably across the globe, more towards that Americana roots, blues, and folky sound. I think everyone's kind of been sated by the overproduced big studio sound, and they're kind of interested in that that uh you know organic in-person more authentic sound where you're in the room with the musician that's what we're trying to accomplish anyway yeah i think that's awesome because you're right about the overproduced music and everything is so homogenized and static out there so it's nice when a band comes out and brings a authenticity to their music and something that's real and also something I think that comes from their heart as opposed to this idea that we have to make music that sounds like what's selling. I agree. Yeah. There's a pressure to always please the audience. And that's, that's one thing that um, I have to admit we're, we're anemic in that regard. We're just very fortunate that the audience uh, shares our vision. Our fans do. They love it. It's growing. Word of mouth, it's spreading. Um, Sure, we're using social media, but the best way to gain fans is word of mouth. Somebody sharing something with a friend saying, hey, listen to this. And um, yeah, that's that's what we're aiming to do. Exactly what you just said is is keep it real, keep it honest. That that last album I told you, the Mud Stomp Tapes, was our first step in that direction. And we've only gotten better at it, let me tell you, because the new album that we're about to release is called The Death of Stone Stanley, and it is the mud stomp music on steroids. It's, we finally, we feel like we're, we've burrowed down even more into it and got it a little more perfected, so we're very excited about uh, this album to hit and be released. Now, you guys write your own material, correct? I, I write all the songs. I write the songs. I sing the songs i publish the songs i um when we record i play the drums i play the guitars and i provide the vocals of course i got a bass player named scott longnecker and i got a couple um you know side musicians that i take on the road with me um for live purposes because i can't be everywhere at once but in the studio i can (laughs) and so you know, that's that's kind of how we record. We record everything live and raw right there with me kicking the drums with my feet and playing the guitar at the same time, kind of like a one-man band and singing. And then we go back and add the bass and the other guitars and the vocals to it. And um, I record with Jim McComas at um, Pepper Ranch Studios. And they're in Hesperia, California. And he's had great success with a lot of other artists as well. Very fortunate to uh, work with Mr. McComas, I have to say. I imagine, like most songwriters, you're probably always on the lookout for a good story. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I've been married now for two years, and it's like, boy, I got all kinds of good stories now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as as we get older, I'm not a I'm not a young rocker in his. You know, I'm not 19 years old, 
I'm I'm up over 35 and I'm enjoying every bit of it. I don't think I would have enjoyed it if I were a 20 year old kid. And uh, you know, time. There's an old saying: time takes a while to break you. But in a lot of ways, it it, it can build you up too, and it can give you insight and wisdom and maturity and things that you weren't able to handle before. Uh, maybe you will be later. And it's all about timing. I've come to find out. That's true. And I'm a person that believes everybody's path is already carved out before they're born. We, of course, can make choices to keep us on the mm-hmm. path, throw us off the path, but it's there. And if you show up every day and you're ready to do your work, so to speak, that it's going to unfold the way it's supposed to. I agree. I think that's absolutely right. And it's just a matter of getting up and uh, moving the needle every day. Every day something has to be done for the business that moves the business forward. Right. And from the creative standpoint, it's like with songs. They just sort of show up, right? That's, That's a funny, delicate situation that nobody has figured out. No songwriter not even Bob Dylan, you know, or the great Walt Whitman, who was the greatest writer. None of, none of them have it fully figured out. Inspiration is like a fairy. See, you might not ever see one, or you might entertain one on your shoulder for days on end. And to tell you the truth, a lot of the songs start with ideas that I have, melody I hear while playing my guitar. I I end up it might take years, Luann. It might take two or three years. And then finally the idea completes that original thought and it falls into place and it becomes a song and we put it on a record. And then other songs, I can't explain it. They just fall out of the sky and I, they literally write themselves in five or 10 minutes. That's what I was alluding to, how so much of the creative gifts come from a place that we can't really get a hold of in a tangible way. Yeah. If there were a formula, trust me, someone would have bottled it and they'd be selling it to all of us. <laughs> That's so <It's>, true. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any set formula for it. I think that you just kind of have to live in it, bask in that inspiration, that creativity, and always fight discouragement. No matter what you're doing, there's discouragement. And uh, if you can overcome that, um, the songs will come, the stories will come, the films will come, whatever you're into. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, you know, a few years back, I had interviewed the country singer Clint Black. We were talking about how music, some music, it has a way of taking you somewhere. And he said that that was kind of his goal when he created his own music was he wanted that person who's listening to have that experience. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like that's kind of what you're thinking too, as you're creating your art. Yeah, I would say that's, that's true for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the songs. Some songs are specific in their interpretation and others are very open. And um, some songs I, I purposely leave that way and say, Hey, I want the listener. Uh, to grab onto this emotion that we've laid down and, and and interpret what they want. For instance, on the last album, the Mud Stomp Tapes, there's a, an instrumental track called Unfaithful Woman. <laughs> and there's no words to it. It's just a very slow minor chord and a walk-down progression. And yet we've had our album reviewed 
all across the globe. And I've gotten very interesting responses to that. There's been people that have greeted that song with elation. There was another um, writer for a publication that I won't mention that uh, is going through a divorce. And he said that song broke him down to tears. And so you just never know how it's going to hit people. And then, and then some songs you kind of do have an idea. Yeah. It depends on how you present it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the music is to be shared and it's supposed to touch people. So mm-hmm. when it's doing that, there's a satisfaction, I think, as an artist that, you know, I, you know, like that's, that's the definition of success really. Yeah, I agree with you. That's not um, a monetary thing, although that is nice. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the connection. It comes down to that one word, to connect with people and that audience. Just to make people feel good. I like putting smiles on their faces, and that's what we try and do with our live show. But we present the whole gamut of the human emotional experience, and, and, and joy and elation is not everything. There is There's sorrow, and there's grief, and there's contemplative times. There's there's jo- there's happy times and there's planning, you know, and, and I try and incorporate all that into my music and, and give them an experience. But yeah, you're right. That, that connection, Luan, that's, that's what you want. That's the most rewarding thing is when somebody gets it and you know that you really, really got them and, and, and you share that bond with them. Yeah, it's very powerful. I think so. And uh, like I said, my main goal is just to make them smile and make them happy, make them feel good. Because I have a good feeling when I'm doing it, and that's what I'm trying to transfer to them and, and share it with them. And that, hey, and, and, and so there's um, – I was speaking with someone else about victory. There, there's victory in the songs. Not all of them are, you know, I'm going to lop my head off with a sword and weep. No, there's – there's some victorious elements in the lyrics. There's an overcoming. There's, it's a hopeful, optimistic album. And so will The Death of Stone Stanley. I know it sounds morbid. And yes, it is a, a funeral album. And a lot of the songs uh, will be funeral dirge type songs. Um, but there's still victory in each one. And there's hope. And uh, we're just really excited to get this out. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. Now, in your whole catalog, do you feel like you have a song that is like a signature for the group? Well, yeah, I, I feel that we do. Um, we're coming across, uh, we got a song called Someday, and that's going to be the opening song for the death of Stone Stanley. And it's not that that song is some great big revelation. It's just that it kind of it does encapsulate our whole sound and our genre and my voice and the beat, the driving song, the way it's presented and laid out. That song was, was purchased and, and I was able to perform that at last year's COLA Awards. I think it was in December. Yeah. Uh, the California On Location Awards down in Beverly Hills on stage and the International Ballroom. And it was well received. And I knew that, and I'd just written it. I knew the minute it was received like that to that audience um, that I had to record it. So, yeah, Luann, I would say someday. Now, if you're listening for a song off the Mudstomp tapes, eh, I'd say take the first one, Bitter End. Um, but, but someday or Bitter End would, would probably be the, sound, the songs that encompass our sound most completely. 
Is that sound something that sort of evolved over the years or when you first started making music, did you know what direction you were going in? No, I had no idea. It was just my, uh, that's a great question, by the way. Um, it was just my uh, influences. Um, see, I, I grew up uh, a kid in the early 90s in high school. And uh, you may recall that's when the uh, whole alternative rock scene and the whole Seattle grunge bands thing came out. And so not only was I greatly influenced by that, but we were also listening to the 60s music because that 90s music is really the stepchild of the 60s. And so we were able to, I say we, me and my classmates, my buddies, we were able to like double dip generationally. We were able to listen to the bands we liked, the Pearl Jam and the Nirvana, but also we're listening to the Doors and the Beatles and Bob Dylan and I don't think other generations got that. And they were always very specific to just what was happening with their generation. But we got to double dip. And I read into Hendrix and Clapton and all these guys. And this is when I'm a younger fellow. And they're all talking about uh, Robert Johnson and the blues players of the South, of the Mississippi Delta, pre-war. And that got me curious. And so really what I'm doing, Luann, is, if, if you wanted an alternate description of mud stop, someone coined this and they said it sounds like Delta grunge music, meaning it's Delta blues style with a Seattle 90s grunge type singer to it. And when I first heard that, I hated it. But when I, when I was honest with myself, I said it actually, it actually describes it very well. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes, it makes total sense. To answer you directly, yeah, that's the, every artist, we are all just an accumulation of our influences. So if someone says, well, did you arrive at this? Did you always feel this way? Did you, did you craft this yourself? I say, no, it's just a product of everything I've listened to, just regurgitating itself out. Well, to me, the mark of a great artist is someone who can take all their influences and then create something that's uniquely them, which you don't see a lot anymore. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. now are just copying what they heard before. And it's like, we don't want to copy. We want something yeah. fresh. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to cover someone. You want to interpret someone. And I always tell my bandmates that. If we're going to do a cover song, we don't want to sound the way the original artist did it. We want to interpret it and put it in the key of, how we, of mudstomp music. Right. And you look at the Beatles and a lot of other groups that went on to become legendary they'll talk in interviews about all the different people along the way that they were influenced by but Mm -hmm. when you hear their music the beatles music or whatever you're not like oh that sounds like elvis or oh that sounds like buddy holly whoever the heck they were influenced because they take those elements of what they were influenced by but then make something that was uniquely the beatles we're all fighting for that I couldn't have said it better. We are all fighting for our own individual voice. And anything you do, even what you do, we are all trying to carve out a niche that is uniquely ours, that cannot be duplicated. And it's really based on our personalities. And no one can be like Luann. No one can be like me, Jason Robert. We are unique. We are snow, you know, we, we are like snowflakes out there. None are alike. And so that's, that's where I think what you're saying is so true. Is I cannot be uh, the Black Crows or the Beatles, but I can interpret them. 
And then when I do it, and when I do it in the mud stop music with my voice, the fans get it. And then we enjoy the, we enjoy the symbiotic buzz we get that, hey, I'm telling them this is one of my influences, and they're going, we love that too. And it forms this bond that takes us to an even higher level. It's really fun. That's an awesome way to put it. And I have to give you props for sticking to this philosophy that you are going to be who you are and you're not going to try to go out there and make music just because you want to sell it, you know, so therefore it needs to sound a certain way. Yeah, I'm past all that. My number one standard is would I have listened to this in college with my buddies sitting around over a few cold drinks? That's my standard. (laughs) That's a really great way to sort of judge it because Mm -hmm. you're stepping outside of yourself and looking at it objectively, which I think needs to happen if you want it to strike a chord with people. Yeah, the best artists are loaded with empathy. They have the ability to see their product and their craft through the eyes of others. Very important. That's really good advice for really any artist out there that are trying to get in the business and trying to have their music catch on because I don't think Mm -hmm. many people think about that. Yeah, you have to please yourself first. Like I said, if we wouldn't think it was cool, if I don't think it's cool, then I'm not going to share it with other people. But once I think it's cool, now I'm off the hook. The pressure's off because I don't care what other people think. It just so happens that a lot of them think it's cool too. So it becomes fun. But you're absolutely right. That empathetic viewpoint behooves anyone, even a restaurant owner. They have to be able to say to themselves, what if I was an out-of-towner just coming in for a quick bite? What would my experience be? And and we always have to look at our our craft through the eyes of others. Exactly. I I love that. I really love that. It's such great advice. So what's on the horizon after these next couple of local gigs? Well, we are booking up uh, a rigorous schedule um, for 2019 and 2020. Luann, we're going to be on the road a lot pushing our product out there. Right now, where we're at here in September, is uh, we've burrowed down. We're going to play some local shows. We're going to play the Hilltop Tavern on September 29th from 7 to 11, and that's in Apple Valley. Um, Then we're going to play the Woody Stock Blues Festival October 6th at 4 o'clock out in Apple Valley as well. And we got some other shows lined up to close the year, but the main thing is we are finishing the album, The Death of Stone Stanley, and that's what we're getting out. That's going to be released January 5th. And we're very excited. And then from there, of course, we're going to be out working, working that product hard, trying to get the exposure that we feel it deserves. Well, it sounds like you guys are going to be pretty busy through 2019. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all of your successes. And I'm sure you're going to have a good turnout at these local gigs coming up because people are really hungry for this type of authentic music that just you know, pulls at your heart. It's so soul satisfying, I guess is the way to put it. Oh, thank you. I agree. People are sick of um, the plastic. You know, I agree with you. There's a, there's a real authenticity out there. People are looking for it and uh, they're tired of being fooled and they're tired of being, you know, uh, faked out. They, they want to go and hear that you can sing 
they want to see if you can sing live and they want to know what kind of energy you can put out and what kind of stories you're telling and what's the overall experience that the, the audience is getting and taking away. Is it a positive experience? Is it a negative experience? Are you doing something good for society or is this bad? And I like to think that we've very consciously, very consciously crafted it to be something good. And something good it is. And I thank you so much, Jason, for coming on to the podcast today. I wish your band all the best. I can't thank you enough. It's been wonderful talking to you.
Listen to Luann's Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at luannslandpodcast.com or luannslandpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming.